Good morning. Thank you for joining us and welcome to our weekly e-learning session. My name is Dwayne Henderson, a member of Cree Lighting's training and education team and host of our e-learning series. Those watching live, happy Friday. Quickly about the session, once we begin, we'll have roughly 15 minutes of content. Our presenter will be available for Q&A at the end of their presentation. And although the attendees are muted, we do encourage you all to use either the Q&A box or the chat box to ask questions. Please feel free to type those in during the presentation. Today, we're gonna to discuss outdoor lighting for airport application or environments rather. And to walk us through this, I'd like to welcome Jim Blair. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Dwayne. Hey, Jim, before we get started, can you quickly talk about your role in the business? Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. I lead the application engineering group with Frank Tempesta, and I've been with this group for 12 years. Perfect. All right, well, let's get started. Absolutely. Before we begin this training, we should understand the definition of the recommended practices, and they are a consensus formed lighting recommendation from a knowledgeable and diverse group of lighting stakeholders that help guide the lighting design and product selection process. These RPs help us guide our lighting designs and are helpful in these special and more detailed applications. Today, we're looking at the RP3715, which is outdoor lighting for airport environments. As we begin looking at this RP, it might be easier to start with what the RP doesn't cover here. For instance, things like the aircraft approach, runway lighting, and taxiway lighting. These areas are covered by other agencies. It is worth noting that we still need to keep these lights in mind as we prepare and design our solutions, specifically making sure we aren't obstructing the visibility of guidance. Also noteworthy, is that the RP doesn't cover anything inside the building. These common spaces are clearly defined and covered in the IES handbook. I can definitely understand that many of the folks in the audience today are probably itching to get back into these spaces in some sense of normal as this pandemic has really impacted the use of air travel in a significant way. Under normal circumstances, we fly more frequently than ever and are familiar with air travel in airports, but not, might not be as familiar with some of the technical terms or functions of these areas. So I'd like to take a moment and define these areas, particularly on the aircraft side. The first couple of terms here are land side and air side. If we think of the terminal as a divider, so to speak, you can observe that everything that happens pre-entry into the airport is considered the land side and everything that occurs on the aircraft side is considered the air side. Obviously, we can't cover all areas of opportunity, but we've identified areas where we have some product opportunities. So what I'll cover is the arrival and departure areas on the land side and the apron side on the air side. The lighting design that we deploy is meant to serve two group groups of key stakeholders um, and as they perform their duties for safety of passengers and distribution of cargo everything about our work from selecting product to deploying and aiming will be to eliminate discomfort and disability glare from this environment we even go go as far as to consider the angle of incident from wet pavement during rain to the tower's position the tower's line of sight will be crucial for the placement and aiming of our products. 
The land side is the primary location where the arrival experience is impacted. So if we take a quick look at the flow of a unique experience, we can imagine the passenger is at an off-ramp and is exiting to the expressway into a tunnel like we can see in the image on the right. This would be road, uh, the roadway leading to the arrival and departure areas, which is our main area of focus. These are commonly referred to as a surrounding road system. These roadways serve rental lots or transit systems, as well as standard park and rides. The light values here can be designed using the RP818, which as you know, we've covered in previous e-learning sessions. We finally reach the destination and find that the arrival and departure areas can be open air, surface lots, covered by canopies to protect from weather, or simply parking garage-like structures. These areas can be unique to each airport and should be reviewed in detail prior to implementing any product solutions. As you can see in these images, the arrival and departure area can be quite populated by vehicular traffic and pedestrian traffic. If you recall in our RP8 training, that the classification of the roadway, high, medium, or low, was directly related to the pedestrian volume. In this area, the volume is almost always considered high. Uniquely to this space, in these areas, the more cars you have, the more pedestrians you'll likely have. Therefore, the RP recommends that in the mixed vehicle and pedestrian environment, that the maintained average illuminance be two foot candles with a vertical of one foot candle minimum and an average to min ratio of four to one, which this requires excellent uniformity in these spaces in this high conflict area. We will often use a product that offers the flexibility in mounting to ensure the, that we match the ceiling perfectly. The CPY250 would be our best choice here. The aircraft stand is another area that I need to define here. This can be seen in the image in the upper right and is outlined by a white line. This area is a portion of the apron used to park aircraft. There are several types of aprons, as you can see listed here. I'm focusing mainly on the commercial and cargo aprons. Aprons are a defined area used for aircraft parking, support, and service operations. These areas have very heavy traffic and are congested with both personnel and equipment. The term apron and ramp are often used interchangeably. However, the ramp is the movement area that links the aircraft stand taxiway. The RP only mentions the term ramp two times, and one of those refers back to sea uh, apron. The apron is on the air side of the airport and is a pretty busy place. Included here are many activities that result in vehicle and pedestrians that occupy these same spaces. Maintenance checks, refueling, and loading are some of the main activities that will happen at all hours. Sometimes it's a place where passengers are escorted into the terminal as well. These activities happen around the clock, and in the case of cargo aprons, they can have more activity after the sun goes down due to overnight shipping. The RP recommends values here 
similar to the pedestrian conflict areas that we just saw in the departure and arrival area. Two foot candles average as measured in the aircraft stand with a uniformity of four to one average to min, so good uniformity. On the other hand, the cargo apron had loaded and loading and unloading areas um, and the RP37 recommends five foot candles average in that loading area for the safety of the workers. This slide is really a seeing is believing uh, type of slide where you immediately see the value of the performance of our area edge high output with the SN flood optic in action. On this project, we replaced 4,000 watt high pressure sodium products on inline tenons and reduced the quantity in a little bit more than half to achieve the results that you're seeing. What's even more impressive is that the wattage of each product is 831 watts, which offers a 17% reduction in the, you know, against the old HPS product in a one for one. However, we've removed half of them. So we've removed two. In closing, there are great opportunities with the Cree lighting product, namely the OSQHO and edge high output optic to meet these values um, that are necessary in the airport uh, aprons around the country. I appreciate your time and, and I'll now toss it back to Dwayne to collect any uh, questions or, or comments that you might have. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. Hey, maybe um, if you go back to that previous slide for a second, can you maybe talk sure. to, you know, you mentioned the SN optic and maybe talk about from an optical standpoint, maybe some of the challenges you face and maybe how you arrived at that what might seem as, as maybe kind of an unconventional optic for, for the application. Absolutely. So this is, uh, it's notable that, that this is one area of, of quite a few on this particular project. Um, and this was done as a study for uh, the remainder of, of this particular site. Um, these locations were static, so we were not allowed to, to move the locations, nor did we want to because we knew that these uh, existing locations respected that tower, as I mentioned. Um, so our main concern was, um, Number one, re, you know, showing showing a value here to the customer, um, and we certainly were doing that by reducing down to two fixtures because you know there's maintenance savings there, um, as well as um, cost savings, um, you know, over over energy. So our our next objective at that point was, you know, how do we aim these so that we respect the incoming aircraft and and pilot positions. So we chose to aim these at um, a lateral 45 degree uh, orientation and, and the SN optic has a, a very good 15 degrees off vertical um, that does a, a very good job of, of distributing kind of like a fan of light um, at, at a lower angle than would be offensive to anybody coming through at this yellow center line that you see. Um, one thing that I didn't mention that that you know between the HPS is is how much the colors of the paint and and you know uh, through this apron area um, pop you know as a as a pilot you want to see the the differences in colors and 
in these types of queues, and uh, that was one of the benefits of, of using a, a higher CRI light here. Um, so we fine-tuned this design. We had um, the appropriate tilt. Uh, we had the, the main beam of the fixtures, you know, facing away. The last thing that we wanted was you know, a pilot to turn in uh, an aircraft and then have uh, have to go through that main beam. So we we routinely will will aim these in that fashion. So, um, and then, you know, there are always areas that you kind of have to fine tune on site where, you know, it's not perfect, but um, you can make field adjustments very simply with, with the product in those cases. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's, a, it's like an example of an application, I guess, where, where all the, the users of the base aren't treated equally, so there's, there's the pilots certainly are, are valued. I, I would think their their opinions and their their uh, concerns are are elevated probably higher than than others within 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 that audience. Absolutely. Yep. The other thing that's interesting is is pole height is not you know for big areas like this right a really tall pole would would maybe be helpful but again sight lines for the towers and some, some constraints around that. Um, I think you guys did a really great job of kind of managing the, the constraints that were in place to deliver a, a really great site. Absolutely, and I, I should mention also that as you could kind of go away from um, this photo, um, the pole height actually goes down. I don't know if you can notice that, but the building height also goes down, and that that is primarily for the visibility of the towers. And then you notice a stark. Um, right to, to dark line, right where those guidance lights are. Um, I mentioned earlier in the, in the PowerPoint, uh, those guidance lights are, are crucial when, when the, um, the plane or pilot is taxiing through, um, you know, and we've all been on, on aircraft. We, you know, we've, we've watched those things go by us. They, they depend heavily on knowing their location based on those uh, colored uh, ground lights uh, that are FAA regulated, and um, it, you know, if we're if we're throwing light out further than we have to here, we're impeding the pilot's contrast of those fixtures. So, uh, very important for us as designers to understand and and respect those. Yeah, I guess the other thing is it's you know that I'm sure that the first cost reduction of using you know half the fixtures and, and certainly 65% energy savings is is great, but for applications like this, it's it's probably the maintenance avoidance, and it's not just the, the money that they avoid; it's it's the access to space and you know compare the cost of a plane to a to a light fixture, it's it's like nothing, right? So so being able to avoid maintenance. It's important in all applications, but something like this, I'm sure they they appreciate it even more. Absolutely, and I I mentioned the uh, the cargo areas where um, they have these platforms that kind of go up uh, to the the aircraft fuselage height, um, and these platforms have rollers on them, and and that's kind of how they move these large containers around, um, and having that extra volume of light and high vertical uh, value, um, we, we basically take a vertical calculation at that fuselage opening and, um, and try to maintain a grid of that five foot candles average. And, um, you know, it's, you don't want a lot of shadowing, you want a system of light that basically combines all of, you know, the light together so that um, it, it's, 
you know, not creating any shadowing or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, you, you, I've, I've uh, been in the space and it's not easy to navigate if you're not used to having rollers under your feet. Uh, you know, there's, there's space that's an array of rollers really. Uh, and having more light uh, can only help in visibility of that task. Yeah, I'm sure those folks also the higher color rendering um, this system brought compared to what was, was previously being used. Absolutely. So just to kind of remind that the group uh, from a from a land side, I think we're we're kind of familiar with a lot of that spaces for roadway. We certainly have products can help with that. Absolutely, parking lots and, and parking garages, um, and then some of the areas that Jim has highlighted today. There's been you know, and these projects aren't usually, hey, we, we have two, right? It's these are large projects. If you have the opportunity to to target them and and you know make some inroads here, you can you can certainly write a, a fair amount of, of business. Well, Jim, I don't see any other questions. If you want to move to the last slide, we'll we'll close up shop for the week. I want to thank Jim for his presentation. I also want to thank the audience uh, for joining us. Looking ahead to next week, we'll have a, a session on human factors, the impact of better light on educational facilities. This is really around a white paper that uh, the team has been working on, so we're going to review that. Um, as a reminder, if you've missed any sessions, all these sessions are being recorded and are available on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, we encourage you to do so. With that, thanks again, everybody, for joining us, and enjoy your holiday week.